Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of Movie Madness. Special because, you know, it's coming out on a different day. Uh, and it's another episode because you need more of me, I guess. That's why you're back to listen to this one. So it's me, your host, Kala Jamal. I'm feeling great today, actually. You know, I've got a lot of energy. So I'm joined. I mean, you know, I'm joined as usual. Just sometimes, you know, I don't give him a mic. But, you know, yeah, it's here. How are you doing? Not bad. Yeah, going well, going well. I know. Sometimes I just let you, you just sit there and you just don't get a mic. Uh, but today you get a mic because uh, if I need saving, then, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have, you're going to have to save me. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to talk about uh, this movie called Merry Little Batman. It's an animated movie and it releases on Amazon Prime Video on December 8th. It's coming out, I think, on the sometime at December 7th. I've done the actual conversion yet. But, you know, I was kind of going through my notes, right? And then I, I turn on my phone and I see Twitter notifications pop up. And I was like, you know, this is some stuff I just need to address off the top of the show here. So first, Apple TV Plus has canceled the most underrated show, in my opinion, uh, Central Park. It's a legendary show, and I think we should have a moment of silence for that amazing show and how Apple TV so disrespectfully got rid of it. I was very angry about that. Um, and on a happier note, Amazon has announced that an eight-episode season of Cruel Intentions, the Cruel Intentions show, I don't know if you've seen the movie. Um, Personally not, no, but tell me about it. So it, it's a kind of a weird like teen drama romance thing. Um, but the movie is great. I, I loved it. Um and they are doing a show for Prime Video. Now, not only am I a massive fan of the original movie, which, you know, is very, very hard to locate, by the way. It took me, like, I don't know how long it took me to find that stupid movie. Uh, they It's, like, hidden. It's, it's crazy. But, so I don't know if you know this, but this series, and the reason I bring it up is because it was actually filmed right here on the, U, like, by the UFT campus this summer. Really? Yeah. So that's why when I saw it, I was like, okay, we've got to talk a little bit about this because, you know, considering where we are, and, you know, I think it makes sense, because actually it's funny, so here's a little side story here. Uh, so this summer I was, you know, whatever, downtown, and I see all the trucks, you know, whatever, so I go, and as as one does when they talk about movies, you see the movie trucks, and you say, okay, well, i got to figure out what's going on here, right? So I go, and I, I'm talking to the guy who's, like, you know, can, kind of keeping people from parking on the street so they can, like, have the trucks have easy access to the street. And so I'm like, oh, hey, do you know what's going on? He's like, oh, yeah, we're filming a Cruel Intentions TV show. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I didn't know that they were making a show. Um, it turns out that they, because I, I knew they'd canceled a bunch of shows. Um, they kind of pushed this one to their free service. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. But then now they're boosted back up to Amazon Prime Video, like their proper streaming service. So, you know, clearly they're happy with the show. Yeah, I mean, it seems as though they are. And it was filmed here. So that, you know, I just thought, you know, it made sense to just, you know, kind of, th like, do it. I always thought they should have just made a direct-to-video, like, 700 direct-to-video sequels like they did with um, with Wild Things. But, anyways, back to the original scheduled programming. As I flip my page. Because I don't know what I have to say. Um, so this movie, is, there was a promise made to me with this movie. And not, not a direct promise, but, you know, it's an indirect promise. That promise was that this would be a playful mix of Home Alone antics and the everyone's favorite Gotham City's uh, Cape Crusader. 
Batman. And that's a massive expectation. I don't know if you, you, you know, you taking a legendary Christmas movie, Home Alone, and a legendary superhero in Batman, you're putting them together. Now, I am wearing a Flash shirt today because literally all my, all three of my Batman shirts were in the laundry. So, the timing, so, you know, I, I kept it DC, you know, I kept it close, but unfortunately, we're going to have to settle with Flash. So, I'm gonna, I, I know you're a DC fan, right? And I know you know the DC animated movies are probably, they're, they're legendary in their own right. They, they're very good at making those animated movies. So this was a movie they made, and they sold it to Amazon. Which means, which makes you raise your eyebrow, because you're like, oh, if you're selling a movie like that to Amazon, that means there must be some, maybe some issue with it, potentially. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna so as I kind of go through this, because you, you know, you're a relative Batman fan, you know, you know a little bit about the character. I want you to tell me what you kind of think about this, okay? So this movie kicks off with a kid in a paper bag mask kind of running down the halls of Wayne Manor. And he's being followed by, by the way, a very creepy Alfred Pennyworth. Like, he looks like, like, like he's, he looks very kind of old and decrepit, uh, which makes sense in, in the context. But he's, he's this kid in this paper, like, mask bag type thing, trying to catch, uh, and, and Alfred refers to him as, as Master Wayne, and he's trying to catch a cat he's calling Selina. Like a literal cat, not a person, okay? So he falls into a vent or, or something, and falls into a dark room where we meet a thick-bearded Bruce Wayne vo- voiced by Luke Wilson, uh, which, by the way, might be one of the best cast like, voice castings for, like, Batman's role in this movie. And it turns out the kid is Damian Wayne, not a young Bruce Wayne, as I think they kind of, like, played it off, like, to say, oh, you know, this maybe this is Bruce Wayne. No, it's Damian Wayne, the son of Bruce Wayne, obviously. And so this is... So Bruce Wayne kind of gives us a little bit of exposition here, and I think this is the point... And I want to know what you think about this, okay? So he says that he worked overtime to eliminate crime in Gotham so that his son would not have to grow up in a crime-filled city or continue his legacy as Batman. So the implication of that is, and and they kind of go through this because they say, like, oh, Gotham's the safest city to live in now. There's no more criminals, right? The implication of that is that if Batman just worked a little bit harder, he can make Gotham completely safe. Now that ra- So what do, you, what do you think about that, that concept? That's that. That's a little. That's a little weird for them to do. I mean, I I, I was a little dumbfounded when you when you were saying that. Actually, I was kind of raising my eyebrow here on the side, but yeah, yeah, they are implying that. Oh, if he just worked a little harder, you know, everything would be rainbows and sunshine. But in the most crime filled city in in, yeah, in the superhero world, in yeah. like the entire superhero world. Now, me personally, I don't think that's right. I think Gotham is a little too corrupt for them to just say, oh, if he just, you know, tried a little harder, he'd do better. But that is my input on this. So the payoff's even better, though, so we'll get to that in a second. But um, the, there's... So I think the fact that he could single-handedly destroy the crime in Gotham is, like you said, ridiculous. Um, and then the other thing he says is he insists he doesn't want his kid, Damien to be involved in the Batman legacy, right? Or have to, like, do that stuff. And yet, literally five seconds later, I'm not even making this up, it's literally five seconds later, he gives him a utility belt and says, here you go. (laughs) I'm not even joking. Like, literally, it's like, I don't want you to have to be Batman. And then the next, like, literally, like, the next scene, he's like, hey, by the way, here's a Christmas present. It's a utility belt. Now, granted, it's kind of like a 
like it, it is his first YouTube loop, but it's like really retrofitted to like you know have band aids and stuff. So it's not like, but still the implication of it is kind of weird. You're sending this kid mixed messages, poor kid. So you know, I don't know, I because you know he wants to be a superhero, and then you give him a belt, and and you know. And some probably the most important utility belt in an, a Batman movie ever. Uh, as again, we will kind of talk about in a moment. But he also created a suit for Damien. So you know, but well, that's that's a little. There's more on that one later. So now, before you start thinking this can be some high level Batman Beyond or Dark Knight Returns type Batman movie with you know an older Batman, you know whatever. No, no, no. This is a Batman movie with a Batman who seems literally fully retired, right? Like you know, again, he's grown a beard and everything. So, now, this movie kind of, I guess, gets kicked into gear when he is called by the Justice League. And I'm using air quotes. You can't see. I don't know why I did that. You can't. No one can see me doing air quotes. But, you know, he's called by the Justice League via the bat phone. Okay. Now, the bat phone is covered in, in, in cobwebs and dust, right? So, it just implies it hasn't been used or, you know, even been considered in a long time. Just randomly is called by Martian Manhunter. Okay. And he said, and apparently there's some weather anomaly in New Brunswick, yes, Canada, uh, which he needs to solve or deal with, even though there's, because there's no other superheroes available. Even though, again, it seems like Batman's fully retired and everyone seems to, should, in theory, know that. It, without a second thought, he literally just buys into this idea of, oh, okay, I'm going to go solve this issue in Canada. Now, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know the Canadian girlfriend trope. Do you know the Canadian girlfriend trope? Please enlighten me. So no. the Canadian girlfriend was, you know, like when someone says, oh yeah, I have a girlfriend, they live in Canada. Now obviously we live in Canada, so it's a little different here. But like that's the general idea is like, oh, well, Canada's that far away, you know, cold place where and there's no real people, right? Like, you know, you know the trope in the, in the media? Yeah, yeah, okay. I think I see where you're getting at here. So they literally do that, but on a whole different level, right? Because, you know, again, if the alarm bells aren't, if Batman's alarm bells are not being raised, that means he's like literally so out of it because he's retired. I guess retiring just makes you stupid. I don't know. I don't know. That's the implication I'm getting here. Anyways, Damien wants to join him obviously on this mission because he's like very excited because Batman's going to be Batman, right? Batman says no, obviously because Batman's not stupid and doesn't want his son to go on a trip with him to a potentially dangerous situation. So. Damon tries to sneak on to the bat jet and gets um, kind of caught because the utility belt starts making a noise, an alert thing that says, like, help me, my son's in trouble or something uh, because he, like, clicked the button by accident. And so then he gets caught and, and Batman basically does the Iron Man thing in, from Spider-Man Homecoming. He's like, you aren't responsible enough to have this toy utility belt or whatever. I'm going to give it to Alfred and you we'll deal with you when I come back. And then he gets all pouty, as kids do. And then... You know, Alfred's like, you know, feels bad. You know, he's like, I want to cheer up this kid. So he's like, I'm going to make you a cup of my uh, world-famous hot chocolate with marshmallows. That's the important. Marshmallows are very important here. Now, despite the fact that we see him training at the start of the movie, right? Like, we see him, like, I guess, chasing the cat, right? As, as I kind of talked about. And even though the utility belt that was taken away from him doesn't actually provide him anything from a training perspective because it just feels like band-aids and stuff. Like, it's just kind of like a prop more than anything. He still decides, Damien does, that he needs to, he wants to be able to train, high intensity train, he calls it, I don't know. And he need, the only way he can do that is he gets Alfred out of the house so he can get his utility belt back, right? Again, the useless utility belt. So, I don't understand his logic here, but maybe that's because he's a kid and, you know, the, there's supposed to be no logic, or maybe that's what they're trying to use as an excuse. So, what he does 
is he basically just eats all the marshmallows in the cupboard and then makes Alfred go get more marshmallows. What? Yeah, because he wants to get him out of the house. He's like, okay, I'm going to eat all... And he does this all without Alfred noticing, even though Alfred's, like, standing there cooking the... or making the hot chocolate, and then, you know, right behind him, he's eating all the marshmallows. But uh, anyways, we... we There's a little bit of suspension of disbelief here, right? So, you know, and again, I'm not going to even start with that ridiculousness. So Alfred goes off and leaves Damien alone at home, okay, in, in the Wayne Manor. Now, you know, I flipped to the wrong page. Okay, anyways... Damien trains for a bit and, you know, kind of decides, you know what, I've done enough. So as, as anyone does after they do exercise, I'm sure you do every time you go to, you know, if you go to, you when you go to the gym, you know, you just, you're like, you know, I need to warm up some ice cream in the microwave and drink it. Yes, I, again, I don't, I can't make this up. This is like actually from the movie. Um, now, I'm not bringing this up because it's some dumb throwaway, throwaway joke or some very disgusting thing, which I would actually um, recommend no one to try because I'm sure it's bad. I will, won't even... Like, there's some things, you know, I'll, I'll say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I won't even do that for this. Like, that's just ridiculous. But, no, this is... This this him warming up ice cream is the most important part of the entire movie. Literally the most important part of this entire movie. I'm not even joking. So, he warms this up, right? He takes it out of the microwave. And he starts, I guess he, like, whatever, does something, like, moves it, it, it splashes a little bit, right? And it accidentally gets on the microwave plug. You know, it's okay, whatever, you know. I'm sure, you know, microwave plugs, you know, they're coated a little bit, right? You know, just to protect, you know, because you're in a kitchen, there's things that might spill, whatever, right? Nope. This short circuits the entire power grid for the house, the outside lights turn off, um, and apparently the entire security system is also connected to the microwave. Um, like, you know, there's no separate generator, um, so the gate just, uh, for Wayne just wide is just wide open, like, uh, opens. Also, I don't even know if that's how gates work. Like, if they're closed, don't they just stay closed even if the power's off? Like, to my knowledge, that's how it works, too. I, I don't know. So, they, anyways, they, they show the gate opening. And I'm assuming, and you know, because of what happens next, I'm assuming all the alarms go off, too. And, like, all the alarm systems just turn off. So, um, you know, this mansion is completely unprotected because of one... Because no one's ever spilled anything on the microwave plug before, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, so there's these bad guys, right, who are robbing a house next to Wayne Manor. And then they see the gates open, like, ooh, let's go to that house now. So they go to Wayne Manor, which is seeming, again, they just kind of walk in. Um, I don't understand how the guy who is literally, like, the owner of that house is literally Batman, and he doesn't have a lock on his door. Sounds, um unrealistic to say the least oh and by the way alfred is still like all this happens alfred's still at the store getting marshmallows so alfred's not even back yet and so these robbers come in to the you know again from what we see completely unlocked way manner and starts robbing them now damien sees this and obviously you know he thinks he's a superhero so he tries to stop them yeah, it's actually a de- decently cool scene he uses shadows make himself look bigger and then they realize you know he's a kid and he tries to you know he fights them a little bit and he actually manages to kind of beat them to the point where they kind of are trying to get away and they drop all the presents that they were kind of, or like the things they're stealing, right? Because it's Christmas time, so they're stealing presents, right? So, but the, you know what they, they didn't drop? They didn't drop the utility belt. The, again, this utility belt, which again was something which, you know, is literally not actually anything, but it becomes the most important part of this movie. So they have that still. Right, so he's determined he's going to get it back to prove he's responsible. I guess because um, 
yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. So he goes in the Batcave to try to find a way. Again, Batcave, by the way, completely unprotected, just kind of walks in. I, I don't know. Like, I, I thought Batman was like a little bit better at keeping things secret, but I guess not. So, you know, he goes to try to find these bad guys who just stole his useless belt. And then it turns out all these guys work for the old Joker, very old Joker, who is voiced by the incredible David Hornsby. And he is um, doing his best Grinch impression in, in this where he's trying to steal Christmas, apparently. Uh, that's Joker's entire motivation. Now, you may be wondering, wait, Batman ended all crime. Why is Joker still around? Joker's like, you know, pretty pretty big part of that, right? Well, don't worry. Not only is Joker back, but... There's also a whole bunch of other villains, including Poison Ivy, Bane, uh, Penguin, and um, I think and Mister Freeze. That's the other one. Now, apparently, they just they just never. Batman just said, "Yeah, you know, my biggest villains. Yeah, I'm not really gonna worry about. I'm not gonna stop them. Just the other criminals, which kind of you know. And they just said, you know, we're gonna go into retirement because Batman, you know, he's really serious this time." Like, I don't know. Anyways, they, they just all went, I guess, went into retirement. Anyways, back to Joker here. Joker's some weird, complicated plan to use the kid, who he doesn't actually know is Batman's son yet, uh, to help him do whatever he's trying to do and destroy Christmas, right? Or steal Christmas. And, again, we learned that Batman's most notorious villains just were not even arrested for some reason and decided just to wait to cause problems until now. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's been, like, you know, years since Batman ended crime and they still are just chilling in the background, I guess. I don't know. So, you know, Damien finds this suit, which fits him perfectly, right? And also includes a Spider-Man-like AI voice of Batman, his dad. Because I guess, you know, the explanation is, oh, if Batman dies because crime comes back, because maybe it's because he realized, wait a second, really didn't catch any of the bad guys who, you know, cause crime to be a problem. Maybe if they come back and they kill me because I just kind of, you know, did a half job here and just kind of, you know, didn't really... Again, I don't understand how you could think you got rid of crime or how why the criminals just stopped committing crimes. Like, again, when you leave your most notorious criminals all just, like, free and not... Like, they didn't even bring out a prison. Like, they're just chilling. Like, just doing their own thing. I don't know. Anyways... So, he, you know, we see that he's worked with all these... And these villains, by the way, are all super old. Like, Poison Ivy, like, looks like she's, like, 90 years old at this point. Uh, Bane is, you know, like, barely... You know, like, he's wrinkly and, and more wrinkly than normal, you know? And Penguin's in, like, a walker or, like, a like a wheelchair thing. Like, they're all old, 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 right? And Mr. Freeze is in um, underwear. Anyways, um, we don't ask about that one. So, this movie doesn't really shy away from being kind of downright you know silly and cheesy I don't know if you can tell that from that yet but um and I also felt myself pretty frustrated at times with this movie for you know some of that downright silliness but again I know it's a kids movie yes calm down we get it okay whatever and I know that and this movie does really try to teach the lesson um about the essence of being Batman emphasizing you know it's about helping people is not about material possessions you know it kind of shows the in like the fallibility of you know Damien trying to get this utility belt back even though it's kind of hurting people or causing damage in the process right like that's the whole point of the movie is like he's trying to get this belt back and every time he does he causes kind of more damage it kind of you know inadvertently helps the criminals do what they want to do and do it even better and so it, it is a heartfelt message the problem is it gets lost because the plot they just do so much like they're trying to do so much like they literally have you know 
again, like some Batman's most notorious villains, and it's like this little eight-year-old kid trying to save Gotham City while Batman's off fighting Mr. Freeze in um, Nova Scotia or New Brunswick or whatever I said earlier. Um, and, you know, like this could have been so, a significantly better movie if they kind of just said, you know what? Let's just make Damien like make let's let's really lean into the Home Alone stuff. Like let me ma- let's make it Damien defending Wayne Manor, right? And try to like I think they kind of went jumped to like this big story of like Damien has to save the day, uh, save the entire city, right? Like you could have just like these two these two villains who kind of just become irrelevant when Joker throws them into um some acid vat thing and they just kind of die, um, but like. They could have just had them, like, you know, like, again, very much like Home Alone, having these two kind of criminals try to steal from Wayne Manor, and Damien has to kind of, you know, set up a whole bunch of things and, and do a whole bunch of things as, as Batman to kind of, like, you know, stop them, right? Like, that sounds kind of fun. But it kind of gets, again, it kind of gets lost in this quest to save the belt, right? It's, it's very weird. And, like, I understand the motivations and reasons that Damien went after his belt so much. You know, it's kind of his, like, idea of, like, oh, this is the only way my dad's going to trust me. But I also think if you look at it from Damien's perspective, again, as an eight-year-old kid, his field of vision in terms of, like, what's important to him is probably not developed enough to understand that he has to save a city, right? Like, you know, he can he can want to, but, like, I feel like at the end of the day, his attachment is just to his home, right? So, like, I think, and again, like, it's kind of like, again, let's use the Home Alone thing, but if, if they had Kevin McAllister try to save all of a city, right? Like, it wouldn't make sense, because the character's not really, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's just something about the idea of doing a smaller story for a character whose field of, like, what's important is so much more limited. But, you know, again, they just decide to do this. And also, he can... Damien, the eight-year-old kid, drives a motorcycle. Um, and again, you know, the, these burglars who they had at the beginning of the movie had so much potential, and then they kind of just got rid of them. And I, I don't understand it. Also, this utility belt, right, which is, you know, seems to be very tech, like, you know, has a lot of tech in, involved in it with the, you know, the, the alert which got him caught in the first place. Apparently, there's no tracking feature in that belt, so, you know... Um, uh, or at least none that the AI could figure out, I guess. And then, it, it like, there's a point where suspension of disbelief is suspension of disbelief, and then there's a point where it's kind of like, okay, this is ridiculous, right? Like, you can just only suspend your disbelief so far, and I think, you know, there's things like where he drives the motorcycle, right? Or, you know, later on where, you know, Joker's kind of like, we want to lure the, whoever this kid is to try to get his belt back, right? So what we're going to do to do that is, we're just going to, you know, we're going to uh, have Bane disguised as a mall Santa, right? And so this, and and have, um, you know, uh, Poison Ivy disguised as Mrs. Claus. So, sure, this is fine, whatever. It just turns out Damien goes to the exact same Santa that, you know, Bane was disguised at. Uh, again, in Gotham City, which is probably a pretty big city. I'm assuming there's more than one mall Santa. I don't know. Um, and just, just so happened to go to that exact Santa to ask for his utility belt back. Right, say, or do you know where it is, right? And again, you would think the way they're kind of portraying Damien, he's a little bit too sophisticated to think Santa is real. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's breaking any news, but Santa's not real. Um, so, like, I just, I think they, they kind of got a little bit too crazy, you know? And I think that there's a, like, I think that if you just put this on and you had, like, a kid go like, sit there and watch it, they'd probably enjoy it. Uh, you know, that's probably honest. Um, 
But I think if you're trying to make this a movie where you could have an eight-year-old kid and then their family also sit there and watch it, I think that's where you kind of get the problem, right? And I think if you, because if you want to get the entire family to watch, you have to make a movie that's kind of suited for all the audiences, right? Like, obviously, you know, we talk often about Pixar movies and how well they kind of, at least, you know, early Pixar movies would, like, blend the you know, older people stuff and the younger people stuff, right? Like, like there were movies where there's like, oh, this is like a legit story here that we can deal with, right? Obviously, I mean, the storytelling in the animated Batman movies and a- animated DC movies generally is, is top tier, right? And I think this movie just kind of forgets that almost. Like, forgets, like, we're trying to make a movie for everyone because, you know, if we're trying to make a holiday movie, you can't just make it about a, for a kid. You have to make it for the family, Right. Which includes the kid, obviously, but you know, I think it just—I think it's kind of almost too much aimed at kids and not enough aimed at like a general audience. But the long and the short, it really is that uh, Merry Little Batman aims really high and you know tries to achieve all this stuff and kind of misses the mark a little bit. But I think if they kind of streamlined the plot and you know, they could have made a movie that not only entertained younger audiences but would also have family, a uh, broader family appeal. Uh, which I think they makes it successful, right? Like that's what makes movies like this successful. Now, if you're looking for like you know a fun and generally chaotic movie, um, and you want something starring Batman or I guess Damien, I guess is the star of this one, it, you know it might be worth a watch. I would it like you know again, it's a Batman movie, it's fun, whatever, right? But if you've got to manage your expectations, like don't go in expecting like you know high quality DC entertainment because that's not what this is. So. Now, with that being said, I know, a very quick episode. I don't even know how long it's been, but, like, you know, we've been kind of rolling through this. So, thank you all for, like, you know, showing up for our special episode. And, you know, obviously you can check out this movie tomorrow. And, again, you know, I there's a reason I only kind of gave you the beginning of the movie. you got to watch it and see what happens next. And there is actually one moment, an hour in. It was, I think, the first time where I really laughed at something that happened in the movie. It was, like, a really good moment. And also that end fight scene is just amazing. Um, and I'll tell you, Damien is the most powerful person in all of Gotham. Okay, and now you have to go watch the movie. See? Look at that. I hooked everyone to go watch this movie now. But, yeah, no, it's good. It was a good movie. So, with that being said, thank you for listening. And don't forget, you know, you can follow the podcast feed. Uh, you can check out our yesterday episode which was a pretty good pretty good episode, I think. Um, you can also check out, I think we've got like, what, six episodes out now? Something like that, yeah. Um, so we've got a whole bunch of them. And, of course, thank you, Yed, for, you know, coming by. and Or not coming by, you're always here. But, you know, thank you for, you know, taking the mic and, you know, kind of bailing me out and also editing this episode to get it out on time because, you know, that is very important and you do that. So thank you all for listening and I'll see you all next time. Bye.